and I had never been pregnant before. So I was like scared that I wasn't going to be able to conceive. So um, you can be as healthy as you want and you can still have trouble conceiving. Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. When your nutrition is on point and you're doing everything seemingly correctly and yet you still have trouble conceiving or maybe even going into labor, where can we look? What is it that may be impacting our experience? Hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to episode 203 of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and today we are speaking with my friend, Amanda Montavo. She is Hormone Healing RD on Instagram, if you follow her there. She also has an incredible podcast called Are You Minstrel? We're going to be discussing her journey, um, how she got off of the hormonal birth control pill and really had to help rebalance her hormones and then became pregnant eventually and went on to have a home birth. We're going to get to hear how all of this unfolded and some of the really beautiful gems that she has learned along the way. One issue that we are going to discuss several times throughout the episode is this idea of stress and how it can impact us in so many ways, how you can be doing everything seemingly right, but if we are overwhelmed with stress, there are still going to be issues, you know, kind of consistently popping up. So be sure to listen through on that theme and hear some of the advice that Amanda gives throughout. I am actually on Amanda's podcast this week as well. So once you finish this episode, be sure to head on over to Are You Menstrual and listen to the episode that we did discussing home birth specifically and all of the incredible benefits, which I'm sure some of you know, but this will be a different perspective. And I hope that you thoroughly enjoy that episode. Now, before we jump into this incredible episode, I do have a quick question for you. Are you on the wait list for the Home Birth Collective? This incredible community and curriculum-based program is like nothing else in terms of preparing, and I mean truly preparing, you for your home birth, and even more preparing you for the transformation into or back into motherhood. Here's the truth. The way that we enter motherhood can truly play a role in how we navigate the experience of being a mother as a whole. When we prepare to soak up every drop of this rite of passage, it cannot help but ready us for whatever motherhood brings. I love to say that birth is a microcosm of the macrocosm, and the lessons that we learn, assuming we're open and ready to receive them, will impact the way that we walk or dance through motherhood with confidence. And that is what I want for you. Whether it's your first or fifth inside of the Home Birth Collective, I help home birth mothers achieve the empowering birthing experience of their dreams by deprogramming the mainstream mistrust of birth, reconnecting with their intuitive feminine wisdom, and relaxing into the birthing process, all within the loving arms of an unbelievably aligned community. Are you ready to truly experience birth as the God-given rite of passage that it was designed to be? Make sure you're signed up for our waitlist at myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash collective. We'll be running the next 12-week program from January through March. 
This experience is extremely intimate and thus spaces are very, very limited. So be sure that you're the first to know when the applications open so that you can get your seat secured. That's myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash collective. All right, let's go ahead and jump into this incredible episode. Please remember that the opinions of my guest may not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa. And this show is not medical advice. It's an educational tool. So continue to take empowered responsibility for your health and your family. Amanda, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to chat. I am thrilled to have you. After listening to your birth story on your own podcast, I was super excited to have you here. Uh, Would you mind taking just a moment to introduce yourself to any of the listeners who don't know you already? Yeah, so I am Amanda Montalvo. I'm a women's health dietitian, and I'm Hormone Healing RD on Instagram, if you follow me there. Um, And I really, I got into the women's health field through my own health issues. I came off the pill hormones were a mess, didn't know what was going on. Doctors couldn't help me. And so I really kind of switched my focus from sports nutrition to being on like women's health and hormone focused. And that's evolved a lot over the last decade. Um, And now I really focus on minerals and hair mineral testing because that's one thing that really helped me on my journey after being on birth control for a long time on the pill. And then I had a copper IUD. Uh, I was dealing with just like unrelenting estrogen dominance and thyroid issues and nothing. I was doing like all the things in the functional space, you know, like all your typical recommendations. And I'm like, nothing is working. It's all a Band-Aid. And so I started focusing more on minerals and metabolism and it totally changed my health. And I was experimenting with my clients and, you know, they're seeing the same thing. So that's really what shifted me toward that mineral focus. And that's really what I do today. Yeah, you are such a huge resource, one of my very favorites. And I feel like when I started learning about uh, my health on this whole new level, I mean, I had been doing like, you know, the traditional eating, like Weston A. Price style eating for many years, trying to heal some autoimmune issues, but I had no idea about the mineral component. Um, And my body was just not absorbing nutrition enough anyway at that point. So when I added minerals in and started really understanding that a lot of it from your information, it made a massive difference in my life. So I am so grateful for your Instagram and then now your podcast, which is holy cow. It is just like so much information. You interview incredible people. It's so, so wonderful. Such a great resource. So I'm super happy to have you here and thrilled to be able to hear more about your experience with home birth. Um, So would you like to go ahead and jump into that? I'd love to hear kind of how, I know that you said, you know, coming off of the pill was really hard for you. Um, It took a while to get things rebalanced. Um, But then once you decided that you did want to get pregnant, uh, I'd love to hear a little bit about that and and then how that pregnancy went. Yeah. So we, I've been with my husband for 13 years, very long time. Um, and we had decided like a few years ago that we were like, you know what, we, we just kept waiting, you know, trying to wait for the right time. He's in the military. So we're like, oh, we'll wait till we get to our next duty station. Cause then we'll have more time there. We won't have to move. There were so many things we were kind of like waiting on. And I finally just got sick of it. And I was like, I don't want to wait anymore. I just want to have your babies. So we decided to start trying. And in my head, I'm like, this is what I do, right? I work in women's health. I help women get pregnant all the time. So in my mind, I'm like, we're going to get pregnant right away. So we got to be ready, right? We got to have a plan. Uh, turns out it took us a year and 
it was just, it was stressful. You know, we just had a lot of stress going on, like in our personal life with just like his job and everything. And so I think that you can be as healthy as you want. You can do all things correctly. Um, and I'm definitely a planner type of person. And I like to know like why things are not working and, you know, dissect things and everything. And I think that's helpful and important to an extent. But then finally, I was like, I don't think it's either of us. I just think that it's not the right moment for us right now. And so we were living in Texas at the time. And then we moved to North Carolina, which is our current duty station. And we knew we were going to be here on a four-year contract. And so I was like, oh, that's kind of nice. You know, like we'll just not have to move for four years. It's going to be great. And I moved first. Then he came a couple months later and we got pregnant right away. Like, Immediately. And so it was like, stress is a big factor. (laughs) So I, and I didn't, you don't know like how it's all going to go. And I had never been pregnant before. So I was like scared that I wasn't going to be able to conceive. So, um, you can be as healthy as you want and you can still have trouble conceiving, but that's kind of what, how it went for us. And then my pregnancy was like pretty straightforward. Um, I had nausea in the beginning, which I think is pretty normal. Uh, but I just was so focused on the basics. People are like, what, what tips do you have for pregnancy? I'm like, nothing changes. I mean, at least for me, like nothing changed. I still focused on getting enough sleep. I st- the, my biggest focus was eating enough because I felt like I could not eat enough food. It was just yeah. like difficult to keep up, especially like waking up at night with, I could tell was low blood sugar, you know? So that was like my main focus, tons of adrenal cocktails, like all the adrenal cocktails and just trying to like reduce my stress and take things off my plate. Um, I had to plan for maternity leave because obviously I had my own business. So I had to figure that out, which was like a whole thing, yeah. um, but totally worth it. So a lot of my pregnancy was around just like focusing on the foundations and not doing anything fancy and then just planning for like what is life going to be like mm-hmm. once I have this little baby in my life. That's amazing. Yeah. And, and if any of you are interested in what that actually looked like, Amanda does have um, kind of like trimester breakdowns on her own podcast. And I found those, I mean, I learned some things that I hadn't realized uh, in those episodes. So I highly recommend checking those out. Um, But yeah, let's talk about this decision to give birth at home. How did you and your husband come to the conclusion that that's where you wanted to be? So I have two sisters. I'm the middle child. And my younger sister, when she had my nephew, oh my gosh, is it like over three years ago, which is insane. Um, I feel like it was like a year ago. It's so wild. So I was, I went home because my husband was deployed and I was like, well, I want to be there when she has a baby and I can help her. And I was there for the birth and she, it did not go as planned and she had to get a C-section. She, and like, I was trying so hard to advocate for her, but it was like, well, this is our policy. So there's no way around it. And I felt helpless and I felt like I was not being a good sister. It was really hard. And I, and then I knew she didn't want a C-section. I was like, I know she doesn't want this. And I just felt like it was unnecessary, especially with what I know now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like she had no choice. And then they took him right after she gave birth. It was like super traumatic for both of them. And I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot do this. I do not want to. I mean, I've worked in hospitals. You know, I'm a dietitian. I, I didn't really, I was never like, I'm always going to do a home birth. I just wasn't like that. I felt comfortable in hospitals. It, so this was like a very uncomfortable setting for me to be in. And ultimately 
when I got pregnant, I was like, honey, I can't, I can't give birth in a hospital. Like I can't do it. And he understood, but he was still like, let's do a birth center. And then our the birth center was 90 minutes away. And I was like, I don't love that. Um, and ultimately I was like, what about a home birth? Like I know so many friends that have done them. Some had to transfer to a hospital, but they still had a good experience. And I was like, I think this is going to be our best bet with where we're at. And so we got on the same page. He did a lot of education. Your podcast came in handy for that. Um, and finally he was like, okay, let's, let's do it. And luckily it was very early on. Cause I knew from talking to a few friends that had home births in North Carolina that they're like, there's not a lot of midwives here. So right. you need to, you need to decide like right away, like yesterday and then find someone. Yeah. You got to know the people too. Like you got to find the yeah. contacts to even find the midwife in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you decided to work with a midwife. How, how was that experience for you? Um, leading up to, uh, you know, kind of like that pre labor. So I had an amazing experience with my midwife. Um, I did Ohana midwifery. I cannot recommend them enough if you're in North Carolina, they just were just comfort the whole time to me and always just wanted my opinion and my thoughts. And I, I mean, Yes, like I work with people like that, right? But I had never really been given that care, which is why I do what I do. So I've never had great experiences with the medical system. So I was kind of like, oh my gosh, this is like so nice. It's crazy. You know, like even though I'm like, this is definitely just how it should be. Mm -hmm. But I had great experiences from the beginning. I did interview three people. I didn't qualify for one because I was outside of like their radius. And then the other one of the midwives was like, your BMI is too high. And I was like, we're going to end this conversation right here. <laughs> and, uh, and she told me I couldn't gain any weight in the first trimester because my BMI was too high. And I was like, okay, ma'am, I'll see you later. <laughs> and so the, it did leave me with one option. And I will, I'm not going to lie. I was nervous. I was like, well, I, I, I still need to make sure that I trust this person, right? But she ended up being absolutely amazing. She actually hadn't been doing home birth that long as a midwife, but her birth assistant had been doing it for 20 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I was like a little apprehensive because she'd only been doing it for a couple of years, but I ultimately I met everyone on the team and I was like, you know what? I think this is going to work. And I had her come to my house for my appointments because she has like different packages. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I just want to get comfortable with you being here. I don't like having people in my house. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I don't know if that makes me sound like awful, but oh. I just feel like I need to clean. I need to like do stuff around the house. Yep. Like it just makes me want to, it makes me like a little uneasy. Um, like I just want to like start doing things. So I was like, this will be good practice for me to get comfortable having her here. I also have dogs and they were there for our birth. And so I needed the dogs to get used to her. Um, but I loved having her come over. It was fun. We would like, I'd like make her food and stuff and we got to know each other and it was great. Oh, that's amazing. So let's talk about then as you are, you know, entering labor, what was the, what was the lead up to that? Like, so I had my 40 week appointment and my husband had like just gotten back from a deployment. Thank God. And so he got to be there, which was really fun. Guess he hadn't been to any of my appointments except mm -hmm. for our, we did do one anatomy scan. Um, and so that was like, it was just like felt really good. I was feeling good, but I was having a little, like some contractions like leading up to that. Nothing like with a pattern or any significance, but I was like, Ooh, I think I'm like getting ready. Um, and I did do foot reflexology, which 
do you have anyone do that? Like it works. It's crazy. Yeah. I honestly, I don't know a lot about foot reflexology for labor. It t- I mean, it totally makes sense. Like, especially yeah. like when you think about like acupuncture and things like that, but I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. Okay. So there was, I had heard of, I was chatting with, I, there was three other women that I know that were all like the same exact amount pregnant that I was had a similar due date. So we're all talking. Right. And we're like, one of them was like a week ahead of me and she still hadn't had her baby yet. So she went and got foot reflexology and she's like, Oh my gosh, I have cramping like right now. It's crazy. <laughs> and I was like, really? And I wasn't going to rush anything. Cause I just wanted her to come when she was ready. But my husband he had six weeks off and I wanted as much time as we could get. So I was like, once I hit 40 weeks, I was like, we have to do this like soon. Otherwise, cause he had to deploy again. So <laughs> we did uh, give her a little boost and let her know that we are ready for her. So I did the foot reflexology. I had cramping during it and I was like, Oh no, am I going into labor right now? Cause I, you know, I've never been in labor before. So I'm like, I'm going into labor right now. Um, I wasn't, but two <laughs> days later I did. So it's, it's just crazy. So we did some fun stuff like that. I did lots of steaming leading up because it felt really good and it was relaxing. I was trying to figure out like, how can I get myself to relax? Because I had just gone from like going a million miles an hour for way too long, trying to prep for maternity leave and a baby. And I, all of a sudden I was like, wait, I have to chill out now. Like this is going to be hard. So that was kind of like my main focus. Yeah. Leading up. And then I had my 40 week appointment I did let her check me. I will never do that again. I did not know it was so painful. I didn't know. Maybe yeah. that's dumb, but I just no. like did not. Well, I think know. it depends. I mean, I think that's also a person to person thing. Like, and for someone, yeah. maybe it's not. It wouldn't feel the exact same way. But yeah, that's you live and learn, baby. <laughs> I definitely learned that. And then she, di- I did not let her check me during my birth either. But um, so that was like a big learning lesson, but she couldn't tell how dilated I was because I like jumped and I was like, get your hand out of me. And she was like, it's out, you know, like immediate, <laughs> like she, she was so, they're just so respectful. Yeah. And, uh, but she could tell that I was 50% effaced. So I was mm-hmm. like, okay, like that's good to know. Um, not worth it, but like good to know. <laughs> and then, you know, she was like, like you sound good. Baby sounded good. They listened to her heartbeat and stuff. Uh, and just asked me how I was feeling. Um, and like everyone was there, which was amazing. Like her other birth assistant was there. She had an assistant midwife that is like working under her at the time too. So I had like a really great team at my home. Um, so they, and they're just like all kind of like petting the, I'm like, pet the dogs, <laughs> please pet the dogs so they can get used to you. Cause I have two crazy little dogs. Well, I had three at the time. Um, and yeah, can you believe that? So, uh, that was like a whole thing, but then they're like, okay, we'll see you later. You know, just text me. My midwife was very big. on like, text me and let me know what's going on. Like, keep me in the loop. And she's like, I, I might see you tomorrow was what she said. And I was like, Oh, okay. Um, but in my mind, like I really thought that she was coming. Um, and then later that night at like nine o'clock, I started having contractions, but they weren't that bad. Uh, like throughout the day, there was no like, you know, pace or pattern or anything. And then they started getting a little closer as the night went on. And she's like, just try to relax and go to sleep. And I'm like, okay. And then I, at like 9 30, 10 o'clock, I had my first like back labor contraction. And uh. I was like, my heart just sunk. Mm-hmm. And I was like, crap, <laughs> this is not what I wanted. Uh, and 
everything from there, I just felt like, okay, we have to figure out how I'm going to do this. And I told my husband, I'm like, this hurts really bad. And I don't know like what's going to happen. And it was basically just trying to figure out like how to make me comfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I, but I technically, my contractions were they're Like they tell you like once they're three to five minutes apart for an hour, we want to be there, but they, they'll, they're like, we'll come whenever you want, you know? So, um, ultimately they came a little early, but I was like, I need some support because I'm kind of freaking out over here. And so my doula came first, uh, and then the midwife and the birth assistants came a couple hours later, probably like 2 AM ish. Uh, timelines are weird for me. Cause I didn't want to know what time it was, but yeah. So it was like that Tuesday night. She told me, she said, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> and she did, she sure uh, did. technically, <laughs> but yeah. that's kind of how it all started. Wow. Okay. So you feel this like back labor begin immediately. It's like, Oh my gosh. Like, okay, we're going to have to, we're going to have to figure out how to deal with this. Um, what did you notice? Like once you had your kind of like your team around you, did that seem to improve your mood? Did that improve anything in terms of how you were able to cope? Well, my doula came first and she's amazing. She's mama stay fit on Instagram, Gina. She's awesome. Um, she came first and she's just like very quiet and chill, which is why I was like, you're my kind of person. And I knew she'd be a good fit there. And she just was, she just observed me. She probably watched me for like at least half an hour. And then she was like, offered a suggestion. Like she was like, do you, have you tried any inversions? And I was like, no, I have not. Um, we tried everything first. Like we, we took the birth classes. We tried to figure out like counter pressure. None of that felt good. I was like, you're making it worse. Don't touch me. You know, my Mm -hmm. poor husband. Uh, and, but then I found like inversions really helped. So that was like a great suggestion. I probably wouldn't have thought of in that moment. Cause you're just like, what's happening. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that really helped. I just felt calmer. I felt like, okay, it's okay if I don't know what to do right now because I have someone that I know respects me and wants me to have a good experience. And so like, they're just gonna, and they just offer it up. They, and they, I loved how every single one of them was like, take it or leave it, but this might help. You know, it was really nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So she arrives and then uh, you start doing some inversions. What happens in this next kind of phase of labor? Uh, I was also using a heating pad before she got there. I texted one of my friends I knew that had back labor and I was like, Lauren, what do I do? And she was like, do you have a heating pad? Get it right now. You know, and I did text my midwife and I was like, hey, how long can I use this? And it's because I didn't want to stall. Right. I was like, it's happening. I want it to happen. Um, And she said, you can use it for like 20 minutes and take a break. So I was like doing that. Gina comes, I do inversions. And then I was like, I have to go in the shower because it just hurts so bad. But the water really helped. I felt Mm -hmm. so good in the shower, but then like they weren't as strong. So then I'm like, it's like it was this battle of like, I want to have this baby and I wanted to have her at home. Um, So I didn't want to slow things down, but I was also like, I'm in a lot of pain. I don't know what else Mm -hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was lots of shower time. And then finally the, the birth team, the rest of the birth team was there. They set up the tub uh, in our room and I went in right away. And it's so funny because I was talking to one of my friends that had a home birth and she's like, man, I didn't even think to use the tub like right until like I was going to have her. And I was like, oh, I was like, I didn't even know that was a thing. I, I wasn't planning like I didn't have in my mind that I wanted to have her in the water. 
I just wanted the tub there because I thought I would enjoy it <laughs> because yeah. I, I took a lot of baths with her when I was pregnant mm-hmm. and tubs are like a bath to me is comforting. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I was like kind of like in the tub and the shower, like back and forth for probably hours is my guess. Yeah. That's how, that's exactly how it was with my, <laughs> my first birth as well. It was just like, okay, water in the shower. Okay. Water in my garden tub. Okay. Birth pool. Okay. Let's go back to the shower. <laughs> like It's just like, different waters (laughs) it was like the only thing that really helped though Mm -hmm. my husband using um he used like a towel I know they have like special wraps and stuff Mm -hmm. but he just used a towel and when I was in like puppy pose so I I wasn't doing like handstand inversions yeah Uh, I was doing like very gentle like puppy pose that helped me the most Mm -hmm. and he would just lift my belly with a towel from behind and that did help to an extent but I was like now, after I felt the water, I was like, get away from me. Like, I'm like going in the shower, you know, but it was hard because I didn't want to use up all the hot water and they mm-hmm. had to fill the tub. So it was like a balance. And then for a moment, I didn't have any water, hot water source I could use. And I was like, oh no, this is not good. But it was in, it was just like water and like trying different positions. But every time I stood up, it was like so strong. Mm. And I, in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to have this baby standing. And I did end up having her standing. (laughs) And I did. (laughs) It was like, you know, they would encourage me to like walk around a little bit or like, let's go to the toilet. Cause it took my water a very long time to break. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which, I mean, I kind of wonder if the, you know, there was some benefit to that in terms of like, there's so much discomfort with that back labor. The fact that you still had that uh, buoyancy basically internally, um, maybe maybe that did help uh, your baby's head rotate or just at least relieve some of that intense pressure that could have been there when it's like skull to pelvis, you know, bone to bone. Yeah. When it did break or it broke once, like I was like in and out of the tub a bunch um, and they would come in and like, talk to me every once in a while I don't know how often it was it wasn't a lot and they were there for like 10 hours so Mm -hmm. until I had her so it was like it they must have been at least quite a few times but I like don't have recollection of that (laughs) but they would like come in and check on me my husband brought me food and adrenal cocktails a lot uh just like little things that I would eat because I was like falling asleep between contractions Mm -hmm. and I was I was like oh no they're gonna they're going to make me transfer. And they're like, you're fine. Like, this is normal. But again, kind of like we just talked about, I just interviewed you on my podcast. Like, I didn't know what was normal because Mm -hmm. I hadn't seen that. So in my mind, I now I'm so happy I know that because I wouldn't stress. But we, me and my husband are both like falling asleep between contractions. It was ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard too to it's hard when it's like, you know, the, the variation of normal is just so vast. And then of course, like different midwives practice in different ways and some things are okay with this one and they aren't okay with this one. But you know, a lot of times those first labors, especially sometimes the, any of them, but a lot of times the first ones, like when our body and baby are navigating together for the first time, like that can take more time. It can take more manipulation to kind of open those uh, hips up and and get engaged and get down. Um, So that falling asleep, like in that active labor, isn't it so fascinating how that works where your body like can be doing this intense work. And then all of a sudden it's like, and now I'm napping. (laughs) Literally, I would be sleeping for like Mm -hmm. a minute or a couple minutes. And then I'd be back at it, breathing through 
the contractions. It was like, I think about it now and I'm like, that must have looked ridiculous. But also, you know, to them, they're like, that's what you're supposed, you're supposed to rest yeah. in between. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. And I mean, now I know that I'm like, that's really, I'm like, they should tell people that because I was like <laughs> nervous. And my husband's like, are you good? I'm like, yeah, I, I think so. You know? And, but I will say like, you're talking about like movement, opening hips up. Like I, it really took me a little bit to figure out how to move uh-huh. during labor. And it, cause like, I feel like you learn all these poses, right? Mm-hmm. There's so many, and it, it is helpful to learn those. And I even think like to do some of them beforehand. Mm-hmm. So it's not like this foreign thing where you're like, well, runner's lunge, like, what are you talking right. about? Um, so I, and I took a birth class that did kind of like walk us through all that stuff. Uh, and all like the counter pressure, all the partner supports, like we had done everything before. It wasn't the first time during birth, which I did appreciate, but you're not really doing positions. Like you're kind of like constantly yeah. moving, yeah. which I was like, oh. oh, and it like took me a second and then I got it and it clicked. And then I was like, okay. Like, and so basically I wasn't like constantly switching positions. I was like moving even when I was in the tub mm-hmm. and everything. And I felt like once I got that, that's what really let me tap. Like that was my first tapping in to my intuition. Um, and then of course, when my midwife came and she was like, can I check you? And I said, no, ma'am. And she was like, okay, that's fine. Um, they monitored my butt crack, that purple line. Did, have uh-huh. Have you been at birds where they've done that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it can be. I mean, that can be extremely effective. And just thinking about why, why is that effective? Like as that baby's head is putting pressure lower and lower in the pelvis, it is causing this purple line to increase its length. And so it's a really, really good indicator, a pretty solid indicator of what's going on. Honestly, I think in a lot of ways it can be more beneficial than dilation because it's actually showing you like this is where the baby is putting pressure. So like this okay. is where the baby actually is as opposed to the cervix where it's like, I mean, it's sure like knowing how dilated you are in the moment can be helpful, but that's a very small piece of the picture compared to like, okay, the fundus, the top of the uterus is the actual thing that's doing the work and pulling Mm -hmm. everything up. We can't see that. Um, But seeing like, okay, this is where the baby actually is by checking that purple line. That's, that's pretty useful stuff. It's also just so much less invasive and it's easy to do. Like I was like, why didn't you just do this to begin with? You know, (laughs) they came over and asked me because I kept saying, no, I don't want to be checked. It's too much pain. And I I remember I felt it that morning. And so I was like, I, you guys check me this morning. There's no way that I can have you do it right now. And I had such minimal breaks between contractions that I was like, I need this break. I cannot be in pain again. And so they like, you know, they go back, they go back to the living room and go back to the drawing board. And that's what they came up with. And their birth assistant, Jenny, who's just amazing and just so gentle and kind. She would come over, she'd make conversation with me. We'd have a whole conversation before then she would, she asked, is it okay if we do this? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes, go for it. And because you don't even know they're doing it, they could have done it. And I wouldn't even have noticed, but obviously they would never do that. But yeah. it's just another one of those things where I was like, okay, that's really cool. But also mm-hmm. I feel like we should do that. So that's how they monitored me pretty much the whole time until I got to a point where I was like going back and forth. They had me sit on the toilet with a squatty potty that mm-hmm. I, I have them for all my toilets. So they're like, put your feet up in the squatty potty go through your contractions there and let's see if it will help support you in your water breaking. And it did not, but (laughs) I 
I did go through, which I was like kind of disappointed in. Again, this is why like the next time I do this, I'm just, I'm going to basically just do it all with myself and my husband. They will be there and I'll just say, don't worry. Like mm-hmm. I will just, I'll let you know if I need you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but it, you know, cause then I was kind of like getting in my head, like, well, I'm doing what they said and my water's not breaking. Like what's wrong? But nothing was wrong. Um, but I did have very strong contractions, like walking over to the toilet and then sitting down and then nothing happened. But then I threw up. So I think I like started to go into transition. And it's so funny because I puke and me and my husband are just like, yes. And we <laughs> high five each other because we both know that it means like it. it's probably going to happen soon. And but then I go through like. I know it had to be at least another couple hours of like not progressing. So then I finally was in the tub and I, I told my midwife, I was like, you can check me mm-hmm. because I, I just wanted to make sure everything was okay. Ultimately everything was fine. I didn't need to have her check me, but I did let her, it did not hurt as bad, but she said like in labor, it's typically less painful than before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was six centimeters and fully effaced. So I was like, okay, that was helpful. I was just nervous if it was going to be like, you're two centimeters and you're still 50% of it, you know, like it would have just been like discouraging. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was like, okay, she's like, we're going to have a baby soon. And everyone like cheered. And I was like, okay, cool. I can do this. And then we just went back. Then they tricked me to get out of the tub to walk to the kitchen. (laughs) These ladies are smart. They're because they saw every time I walked around that my contractions got really strong. So they check me. I'm in the tub for a little bit. And then she's like, she's like tells my husband to say hey let's go to the kitchen and get you some breakfast Mm -hmm. and but like we're gonna give you a shower first so that you feel good and I'm like okay whatever um so I get up I walk to the shower it takes me like 10 minutes to walk there because the contractions are insane yeah but it worked I shower off they help me get dressed my husband's making me food and then they walk with me they put like a diaper on me walk with me to the kitchen and the whole time I'm just like having these strong contractions, but in my mind, I'm like, well, I need to eat. So I have to do this. And then I get in there and I'm eating and then my water breaks. And I was like, I'm like these ladies, like they're part of a gun. (laughs) They totally, because I'm like, why couldn't I definitely could have just eaten this in the bedroom. Right. (laughs) Definitely did not need to walk to the kitchen. Um, But it worked. And then my water broke and I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like it's, like I'm pushing, like what's happening. And they were just like, the birth assistant comes over. She just like opens a diaper and she's like, puts her hand and she's like, oh yeah. Like looking at the mucus. Like it was so funny. Like they, (laughs) they just like, don't, they've seen it all. They've touched it all. Like it just cracked me up. She's like, oh yeah, this looks good. This looks good. And I was like, okay. Cause it wasn't that much. And in Mm -hmm. my mind, I'm thinking I'm going to, when I, my water breaks, I'm like really going to know. Mm-hmm. And it'll be a ton of water and it's going to mm-hmm. make a big mess. Um, but most of my bags were behind her. Mm-hmm. So my husband got all that when she came out because he caught her. So that was my water breaks. I'm starting to push. They're like, let's get you back in the tub. Because I think because I think they're like, you know, we'll do a water birth. Um, so I get back in the tub. Everything slows down again. Mm-hmm. And so then I was like, I got to get out of this tub because I'm like trying to push, but my contractions were not that strong. And then I start walking to the bathroom because they're like, let's sit you on the toilet again. And I couldn't even sit down in the toilet. I was like walking and I, I like looked at my husband. I was like, 
it's happening right here. <laughs> like, this is where it's happening. And we were standing in our bathroom. He was sitting on a stool because he's very tall and it just like would not have worked with me leaning on him. And I was putting my foot up on the stool, which was actually really helpful. And I'm doing all these different positions. And I felt like I only pushed for like maybe 45 minutes, mm-hmm. but it was two and a half hours. I was like, no, really? it wasn't. Yeah. I was like, no, it wasn't. He's like, yes, it was. It was really long. And even my doula after was like, no, that was like almost three hours. I was like, wow. Wow. But it was pushing was like, it was just, you have to like learn how to do it. (laughs) It was just like the first time you have a baby, you're again, like you try to prepare as much as you can, but until you're really doing it and you're in it, you don't, there's not, there's only so much you can do. Right. But luckily my doula was there and she was like, she does a lot of pelvic floor breathing work in her fitness training programs that she has. So she's like, okay, we're going to attach that breath, but you're just going to keep not like bearing down, but you're just going to keep elongated on your pelvic mm. floor. You're not going to let it come back up. And I'm like, okay. And once I did that, it really clicked for me. And then she started to crown. She just went back in so many times that I was like starting to get discouraged. And then mm. finally I had that ring of fire and I'm like, that's why they call it that. <laughs> I see. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was so intense. And then she came out. They were they were checking her heart rate a lot. And I was like, stop. It was just like making me too nervous. Um, I think it's what, every 15 minutes they have to check when you're pushing or something? Yeah, that, that's a typical. A recommendation that they, yeah, that's what they yeah. recommend. Um, but I finally, I was like, you got to stop. And my midwife, because the birth assistant was doing it. And the midwife was like, we're going to have a baby soon. Like, yeah. it's okay. And she said that. And then she just like came out. And I was like, oh my gosh. And my <laughs> husband caught her. And he was like freaking out. He's crying. I'm crying. And it was, I thought it had been two days though, Caitlin. I swear it had been two days at least of all this. Um, but then I sit down and I notice that it's like bright out. <laughs> and I was like... Oh my gosh, has it only been like a day? What day are we on? <laughs> and then they say they're like 12.51 p.m. And I was like, of what? Is it Thursday or Friday? It, they're like, it's a Wednesday. And I was like, oh my gosh. I thought, I literally thought it had been like at least a whole day. And it had, it was like 10 hours. Oh man. Well, I mean, number one, like the, the back labor, that is a different thing, you know, like that the intensity of that can kind of mess with, with how the perception of time, but also just labor time is strange. Like one minute can feel like a day or a day can feel like a minute. Like kind of like how you said, when you were pushing, you thought it was what 30 minutes. And it's like, no, it was two and a half hours. Like Every, the perception of things can be so different because we are in liminality. Like we are in a different place. Yeah. Time does not make sense there. Um, that's so interesting to hear how that was though. And that it was actually, what'd you say? 10 hours? Yeah, it was technically 10 hours of active labor. Cause they mm-hmm. came, it was a little early. I feel like, like that's also very hard to define. Oh yeah. The active oh, labor yeah. thing. Well, I mean, I think that we get hung up on these uh, terms, which are medical terms, like yeah. early labor, active labor, you know, like second stage, all of these things. Labor is so fluid. And 
it's it's kind of silly. It's like we're trying to like nail down running water when we talk about things like that. Yeah. I definitely love the way that Dr. Rachel Reed teaches this. And so this is the way that I teach it as well. But the stages being more like they're more vague, like the they, they blend together and uh, like calling them like separation stage and liminality instead of like, well, I was in early labor and there's like all of this like negative like feelings towards early labor when it's like this is good stuff like yeah your body's doing so many wonderful things here um so yeah that's it. the whole thing is so fluid it's hard to say like well this was this time to this time was active labor I get that yeah and it was it was just interesting too because it's like you hear about transition and stuff like that mm-hmm. and that's why like I thought that I was like okay I just threw up I'm transitioning so now it's like that's it we're going to have her Mm -hmm. soon. And like that, it turned out that was not the case, you know? So, but it was helpful to learn about those things, but you're Mm -hmm. so right. There's not like a clear, I mean, you're just in it. And then really like everything is like one big blur until you're like, Oh, I'm pushing now. Like this is happening. And then, then I feel like it's like, okay, pretty much everyone's going to go through the ring of fire. Um, I did tear, I had like first degree tears. I had like a second degree, like perineal tear. Uh-huh. Um, I tear, I tore my labia, which I was like, yeah, I did too. I didn't know you could even do that. So. Yeah, well, I didn't either. And <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't heard of anybody doing that. And yeah, then you learn. And it's so funny. This is like probably TMI, but when my midwife told me that I had torn my labia with my first, um, I like couldn't picture it. Like I couldn't picture what she meant. And I thought that the actual, it was like a, a uh, vertical tear. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought it was like from top to bottom tearing the labia. And so I thought I had like this extra labial <laughs> hold now. And so my uh, my husband was like, oh, you gained an angel wing. <laughs> so we oh, still wow. laugh about that all the time. That's not what happened, but it's so funny. No, it, but I was like, I remember being like, oh no. And then like you see it and you're so nervous, but now it's like, you can't even tell. Like, no. and they were only first degree. So it's like, they don't even do anything for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not get stitches. I, I was like in between like a, a first and a second, she said. Mm-hmm for that vaginal one. And she was like, honestly, I really don't recommend you doing stitches unless it's at least second degree. Cause she's like, it, they typically make healing worse. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, yeah, you just got to keep your legs closed. It turns out that's really hard to do when you're like getting in and out of bed with a baby. Cause I was like, oh, this will be like really easy. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then turns, it was difficult, but everything healed fine. And I'm happy mm-hmm. that I didn't do the stitches. That's I just great. was like, I can't, I can't handle that thought of being mm-hmm. stitched up right now. You know, and and one thing that a lot of my students have done that I've heard has helped, and I know like it already happened, so this isn't helpful yeah. to you now. But uh, but using honey, like raw honey or manuka honey, on those tears can really help promote the healing quickly. And then of course, like honey is antimicrobial, so that's pretty great. Um, but yeah, I I feel the same way in terms of like if if we can avoid suturing up, and like if if it's looking like, oh, look, everything's coming together the way it's supposed mm-hmm. to. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. It's not, we don't have to go there. Yeah. And it's just like another testament to the minimal interventions that, and I know mm-hmm. not every home birth midwife is like that, but that's definitely the experience that I had. And I was like, it was just so nice and reassuring to like, not everything is a big problem, right? you know, especially because like now you have this baby and you're like, oh my gosh, what do I do? And even if you do all the classes and stuff, it's just like different when you're holding them and you're just like, okay, what do you need? And you're just trying to figure it out. Mm, Wow. And so let's talk about that for a second. This idea of, you know, you kind of 
we we can't help it but to kind of try to build up some type of expectation of what this is going to be like and then if it is different like you know you experienced back labor and that wasn't something you were necessarily planning for so how did you process what your birth experience actually was once it had happened well one thing that was helpful was i cuz i got pretty close to my midwife and after we were texting like a few weeks later and she was like I'm just so happy for you because she was like, asked me how I was doing. It was like in between appointments. She's like, you just had, you had such a great birth. And I was like, did I? (laughs) And it hit, which sounds terrible, but like, it was just so much pain that Mm -hmm. I was like, I was a little traumatized after. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I had my daughter and so I just, nothing mattered. I was so, I was on such a hormonal high. It's like insane after. So nothing else really mattered, but I still had, it was still fresh. So Mm -hmm. when she said that, I was like, oh my gosh, like I did have a really good birth. Mm -hmm. It was hard Mm -hmm. and it was painful. And I think the the scariest part for me was that how much worse is the pain going to get? And not knowing that was just mentally difficult. It was tiring because I was like, if this gets any worse, like, I don't know if I can do it. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, if I had back labor again, yes, it would be awful. But since I know like, okay, it doesn't really go beyond this. Mm-hmm. I think I could handle it again. But that having her say that, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like, I am grateful. I'm so happy. I mean, the experience after was why I did the home birth. Ultimately, mm-hmm. we got to be at home. We did not have to transfer to a hospital. We were very comfortable, stress-free. I slept in my own bed. You know, my dogs were there. Like there wasn't really any worries. And I was like, okay, well, I got what I wanted, but after reflecting and now it's like four months later, I'm like, I did have a beautiful birth. It just was harder than I thought it was going to be, but that doesn't mean it was bad. Um, and I, for me personally, it really forced me to look inward and yes, I love my birth team. I love my doula and I'm happy that they were there and I'm happy I had the support of my husband, but it really forced me to take a deep look and be like, can you do this? You know, are you going to do this? Do you want to meet your daughter right now? Or do you want to transfer or like soonish? Or do you want to transfer to the hospital, possibly get an epidural and then have a possibly a cascade of interventions from there? And ultimately I was like, I do not want to go to the hospital. And so I just dug in in a moment where I did not think that I could many times over and over until I, until I got to pushing, then I was like, okay, we're here, you know, we made it. it. Um, but until then you're just kind of unsure. Uh, and that intuition was so helpful when my daughter was born because she ended up having, um, some oral restrictions. She had like a tight lip tie and a tight tongue tie. Mm -hmm. And I say tight because they're not always tight and they can be functional. Um, and I think that people are way too quick to revise them. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people need it, and I think that's fine. But uh, she had those, and so she wasn't gaining weight. She wasn't nursing well. It was like a whole thing. And that was really, really challenging mentally. And I was like, you know, talking to the lactation consultant. I met with like three different people. They all wanted to do a revision. I did not want to. Uh, I just felt like it was too quick. And I was like, mm-hmm. this is not holistic if we are not stopping and trying other things first. Mm-hmm. Uh and I'm like, I did a home birth to have a holistic experience with birth and postpartum. And so it just felt like disjointed to me. And I think that if I did not have to tap into my intuition during that birth, 
that I don't know if I would have been strong enough to say, nope, we're not doing this. We're going to explore other options. Um, And then my husband deployed and that was so hard. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's a very helpful man. He's like my private chef is what Mm -hmm. I call him. That's like the joke because he always like makes dinner and stuff. And so it, you know, it's not like he didn't help a ton and then he left. It was like he was so, so helpful and then he was gone. And it's just sad because, you know, I know she misses him. She barely, she would not go to sleep for like a week and a half after he left. It was awful. Um, And it's just hard. It's hard never getting a moment by yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, We do bed share, which I've loved. Um, But, you know, it's nice to like maybe go to the bathroom by yourself every once in a every while. Every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> Have a big splurge. <laughs> so like that was really challenging. And again, like if we didn't have these other things where I had to tune other people out and just really go deep inside myself and think about it and pray on it and just decide like what is the right decision for us versus outsourcing that to someone else and letting them make the decision. I don't know that I we'd be like, where we are right now, like in our Mm -hmm. postpartum journey. Wow. Yeah. And, and it's kind of like what we were talking about on your podcast, this idea of like, you know, that intuition is everything. And so much of if we embrace our birth experience for what it is, how that can inform and influence how we feel about ourselves as a mother, how we experience that postpartum, um, those things that you experienced were, were hard things, you know, you had a hard labor and then the events themselves postpartum, they were hard things. And yet you still were able to move through them and navigate them from a place of empowered decision-making. And I think that is just, I mean, that is so powerful. And I think that that is the goal is to, to make those informed decisions and to remember motherhood is about making those decisions. It doesn't stop at the six week visit. Like you are a mother now forever and you are going to consistently be making hard decisions. That's what we signed up for. Um, so being able to exercise that from the beginning, like, okay, maybe it's not always like, woohoo, this is like so fun. But the fact that you know, like, oh my gosh, I got through back labor. I got through working through these oral restrictions. Like I can make decisions for myself and for my child that I am confident in and I can lean on my intuition. I can lean in on this connection and feel really good about it. I think that's huge. And like you said, like it doesn't stop. Like, and I, I understand like birth is so important. It's so essential to know how to advocate for yourself and to know what your options are, whether you choose a home birth or not. But ultimately, there are a lot more decisions and just like things that come up that you have to deal with after. Like we hadn't really, we didn't know like what co-sleeping was going to look like for us. Mm -hmm. And uh, infant sleep is hard. (laughs) Like it's just because you compare yourself to other people, right? Like it's, it's hard not to like all my friends, like their kids are on schedules and I'm like, Eliana's not in a schedule. Like what, what am I doing wrong? You know? And I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, she's three months old. Right. Oh it's, yeah. <laughs> it's normal. But, mm-hmm. but, and everyone's experience is going to be different with that. But it's like, I, w- I was like, well, my maternity leave is up. So I kind of have to figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. And that was like another stressor that I ultimately, I think if I were just paying a little bit more attention of not looking so much outside and like trying to research and figure out what the best option is of like, what does Eliana need? Like, what is she like? What is her personality? What do I think is going to help her? 
And I took a course and it basically told me that, uh, which was helpful, but that's probably pretty rare is my guess. Um, mm-hmm. It was like a biological sleep one, which I would, cause I was like at my wit's end. I'm like, I don't know what to do anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I want her to get enough sleep. I want her to be happy um, and healthy, but I also like, I have to work, you know, mm-hmm. and I needed to work while she was like napping during the day. And she just needed more connection. And in my mind, I'm like, girlfriend, we are together 24-7. We are connected. <laughs> like literally constantly. No one else takes care of you. Like it's me. It's it. But she just likes to take a little bit more time to like cuddle and all that stuff mm-hmm. before she falls asleep. Like what? And so now she's napping great. So it's just mm-hmm. – it's and everyone's baby is going to be different, but it's like if all the other needs are met, connection, like ultimately. And so there's just so many things that are going to come up. And I think if you can start with your birth experience, making those decisions for yourself, tuning into what you need, you know what your baby needs. Like yeah. I was so scared to say no to the revision, but I was like, I don't think she needs it. And now mm-hmm. she's – four months and she's like 19 pounds. She eats great. I have a great supply. I donate to one of my friends. Like we're fine and we're healthy, but like, I was very scared to make that decision because I had people telling me that, Oh, your supply is going to drop. Oh, she's going to be compensating. And like, she won't gain weight. And even if she's gaining weight, like, like all this crazy stuff. And I was like, this is not okay. You know? Mm -hmm. So it's, you will never, you'll never not use that skill. Mm -hmm. And if you can build it during birth or even pregnancy, then, you know, it'll serve you for your entire experience of motherhood. Oh man, I love it. Amanda, I'm really grateful because I feel like something that I noticed as you were sharing your birth story on your podcast was kind of that idea of like, you know, thinking, you know, was it successful? Okay. Yeah, it was successful. And I am sure that there are so many mothers out there who have had that same thought of like the, okay, but it didn't go this way. Like it wasn't, pain-free. It wasn't this, it wasn't that. Like, how do I, how do I feel about that? Um, and I, I think that it's just so important for us to recognize like the realness, the rawness, the wildness. I mean, birth is absolutely wild and acknowledging that that's what it is and that that's okay. That's beautiful. That is successful. Um, that can help us kind of, it can help us as we're navigating our birth experience later and just navigating who we are as a mother. Um, so I really appreciate you sharing your story. And as I said before, you are just full of knowledge. You have such great resources. I highly recommend you guys check out Amanda's information. Um, are You Menstrual is her podcast. Hormone Healing RD is where you can find her on Instagram. You you will love her. <laughs> She's just the best. Uh, I will be sure to link that um, in the show notes. Amanda, is there anything else that you uh, have to provide to us here at the end? I would just say like trust your instincts. If you are a mom that is going to give birth soon, you have everything you need. And I know that sounds mm-hmm. so cliche, but you really do. You don't need a thing for birth and you don't need any tools postpartum. You literally just need yourself and time with your baby. Yep. Yep. Tapping into that. That's huge. Wonderful. Amanda, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Thanks for having me. Oh man, wasn't that such an incredible episode? I'm so grateful for Amanda for coming on and sharing all of her wisdom and knowledge. Now, as we head into this week's episode roundup, I've got a few thoughts that I wanted to share with you, some themes and ideas that I noticed in Amanda's story. Number one is that you can prepare all you want. You can do everything right and still struggle to conceive. 
And what we need to remember is that stress can play a critical role in this. And, you know, truthfully, timing is everything. Amanda wanted to get pregnant and thought she would get pregnant very quickly, and yet it took a year. But once it was finally the right time, you know, everything was in position. She was in a safe feeling environment. She and her husband were able to conceive and what a precious little baby they did make. Now, on that same idea, that same concept, if we move that over to labor, let's talk about how stress can also play a role in when that begins. You know, part of the importance of going into labor is relaxing, letting loose, getting comfortable. If we are in a state of stress and panic, it will be hard to get into that separation phase, to get those contractions moving and going. Obviously, it's going to happen at some point. (laughs) We're going to succumb to labor. But the best thing that we can do is to actively let go, to actively release our responsibilities as much as possible and focus inward on the massive transformation that is about to take place. Once Amanda was able to let go of that go, go, go intensity and really actively focus on relaxing, she was, of course, able to step into that separation phase and to uh, relax and release into the laboring process. And apparently reflexology really, really helped to get her there. Next, labor time is different time. It's not linear. It's not the same thing that we experience from day to day. And why is that? Well, we're in what's called liminality. We're in this otherworldly, out of our typical mind experience, which is beautiful. But don't expect the clock to make sense when you're in labor because it's going to be totally different from what you expect almost always. It's one of those experiences where a minute may feel like an hour or an hour may feel like a minute. It is an absolutely unlinear version of time. So relaxing into that and allowing the process to just unfold without the concerns of what time is it? Oh no, did you get that contraction timer down? Like is everything written and recorded? That going into liminality, releasing all of that thinking brain allows it to be okay no matter whether your labor is 30 minutes or 30 hours. And finally, I think this is so important. Amanda stated that birth forced her to truly look inward. Can you do this, Amanda? Do you want to meet your daughter or do you want to transport? Do you want to outsource to the hospital, have them do something for you to stimulate labor, to relax you in some way? But you know what? Amanda, in this situation, decided to dig in and meet her baby. And this is what motherhood is about. Digging into your intuition, no matter what it's saying. That doesn't necessarily mean staying at home every time. It may be something very different. But digging in to your intuition and what's right for you, instead of immediately outsourcing to somebody else's ideas or what somebody else thinks is right for you. This not only served Amanda during labor, but it has served her already tremendously in motherhood, in making those decisions for her family, making those decisions for Eliana with confidence. That is what motherhood is all about, and that is what labor can teach us if we are open and willing and ready to accept it. 
All right, my friends, I hope that you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Thank you so much for joining us this week. That's all that I've got for you today, and I'll see you back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Are you looking to extend the home birth support, encouragement, and education? Join us in our Facebook group, Happy Home Birth Podcast Community, and check us out on Instagram at Happy Home Birth Podcast.